Welcome to the Family Man Tactical Podcast. I'm your host, Chris. We're coming to you every week to discuss topics for family protectors. We're about creating community for tactical dads and moms, doing the work to become better protectors and providers, and being force multipliers for good. So come on in, sit back, relax, and let's have some fun. Welcome back. This week we're talking about which tactical training school should I attend. Now, hey, I played with the sound uh, before doing this podcast. Uh, The reason being is I'm in a little bit different environment. I'm in my living room and I don't have my mic set up. I'm just, I have my Surface Pro and I'm just, you know, spitting it, right? Uh, But I played it back and it sounds clean, but you'll have to tell me. You know, through any of these podcasts, I'm still learning, right? I just really started getting into podcasting, trying for every week um, back in early May, right? So I think I've got like 50 podcasts under my belt now. No, not 50. I think I've got uh, quite a bit less than that. I don't know why I thought it was 50. Anyway, um, I've got, you know, some podcasts under my belt, but I'm still learning about sound and and reading about all the nerdy stuff and playing with it and then realizing uh, that doesn't do what I think it's going to do. And uh, Anyway, so this is a learning process for me. And if you give me feedback, you say, hey, this one sounded really good on, on the, the end user side, right? Um, that might help me out because uh, I'm just trying to get better. And I want to put out a good product um, to the end user uh, as, as I'm going on. And as we start bringing on guests... I want to be able to make them sound good too, because quite honestly, there is so much talent out there in all things tactical. When I bring those folks on, I want to—I really want to elevate their voice, um, you know, metaphorically. So I want them to sound good, and I'm, I'm trying to get this all locked in place before in the new year we start bringing guests on. So that's where I'm at there. Anyway, um, you know, I was—I did a podcast earlier, I think Wednesday. And it was kind of Tuesday. It was kind of grading um, where I think Family Man Tactical is at, um, where I think I'm at as far as uh, the principles of the brand uh, being, you know, building community, uh, doing the hard work, and um, being a force multiplier for good. And it just, you know, the, the podcast seemed forced and kind of clunky. And uh, the artistic side of me said, you know what, I don't want to force something. Um, I have to force things all the time, right, uh, at work. I, you know, I've got deadlines. I've got budgets. I've got projects running all over the country. You know, there are certain things. But Family Man Tactical, I don't have to force, right? I'm not, I'm not tied to any revenue being generated. If it generates revenue, that's awesome. But I'm... I'm only concerned about quality of product. So again, as I'm trying to get better with the podcast, put out awesome content, uh, bring in folks that really have a different perspective, maybe even a better perspective than me. You know, I'm also trying to sit there and say, hey, if something sounds clunky um, to me, it must sound really clunky to uh, to you folks out there. So anyway, um and, and, and I'm just sharing with you what's going through my head as a new business owner, 
um, as I as I really try to stay true to the business plan and the the ideal um, that we're putting out. So yeah, it, it was it was based on that, and I just thought, no, you know what? Let's uh let's sit and wait here. Something better is going to come along. I'll look at the list of other things I want to address. And I was sitting there having my coffee this morning, um, and a post came up from a tactical trainer down in Georgia. Um, and, and their, their handle is on Instagram maneuver solutions, um, LLC. And this guy's a former, um, um, force recon Marine. Um, and that's cool. That really is in recent too, within the last five years, I think he got out. Um, but what was, what was really neat. And there's, there's so many folks that coming out of the combat arms, um, from regular infantry to, um, you know, folks in, uh, that have been in the combat arms, uh, parts of the air force and, um, you know, just everywhere, the Marines, Navy, army, um, you know, you can, <laughs> you can go train with a seal. You can go train with a, a green beret. You can go train with a, a force recon, uh, Marine, you know, and, but the, the point is what I really found cool about this guy is that he reminds me of my first training mentor um, who who is a senior NCO, a former senior NCO in, in the Air Force in combat arms and really brought me into the world of tactical training. And then on top of that, um, put me around folks that were coming out of the Army, out of the Marines. Um, and so I was able to get a different perspective and flavor of all these things that I was learning from different branches of the military while working for his company. Um, and one of the things that this guy was big on was train the trainer. And that's something that this, um, this trainer down in Georgia really is kind of exemplifying is training the trainer and putting out instruction that is not saying, well, I'm. I'm a former this, and that's why this is right. He, he's not doing that. He's letting the training and the doctrine sit on its own merits because he's so good at explaining. And he's actually giving out quite a bit of free um, online uh, instruction, right? Because classroom instruction is important too. Um, so one, I immediately took the took his account over the last couple of weeks, and I've just been boosting it. And, you know, and he's a really nice guy. He's you know very thankful for that and stuff. His account's gonna take way off. It, he's gonna have, you know, before the end of next year, he's gonna have over twenty thousand uh, followers on his Instagram profile. And there's a reason why because he's putting out good content. And so, you know, I was just thinking, I know when I recognize a good trainer because I trained under a good trainer and many good trainers, but. I have a friend out in uh, out west that's really starting to get into you know he's a gun owner just like most Americans he's a gun owner uh, but he's also seeing the need for hey I need to be able to run run and gun my new AR that I'm building with you um, and I need to be able to um, have stuff to carry my ammo and and all that you can see all these light bulbs are starting to click on like, oh, I need to be able to do this and I need to be able to do that because what if I had to provide self-defense 
firearm self-defense for my family in a situation where police aren't coming to help, you know? So you see all these light bulbs going on, and this is a, not a unique experience for, for my buddy out West. Um, and, uh, you know, and he and I've spent quite a bit of time together, um, over the last two years because I had to travel out, out there a lot for, for business. And so we'd have these good discussions. Um, and, and again, the question comes up, well, which, which tactical training school should I go to? And, and so I'm just going to kind of run through what I think is important and how the average citizen would size these, these up, what to look for. Okay. And then, um, you know, maybe if I missed something or you've got something to add on to that, um, I'd appreciate you taking the time to go down on the show notes, hit my email, drop me a note. I'll do a follow-up and I'll put you out there um, and, and say, hey, this, this person wrote, wrote in and this is what they're saying um, and, and we'll go from there. So, okay, um, again, I, I think we're really at a unique point in, in American history where we do have the availability of so many good trainers out there. I mean, there, there's folks that, um, you know, and, and what's interesting, there's folks that really don't even have a military background um, that are offering phenomenal training um, in the mechanics of firearm manipulation because of all the firearms competition um, training that's that's been going on. So again, I'm not saying this is you can you should only go to a mili- uh, military background trainer, um, but a lot of them are good. Um, and, and so here I'm going to go through some of these items to kind of sort through again, there's so much good training out there, but we want to make sure, at least I want to make sure that just because somebody says, oh, well, I was in the military, therefore I'm, you know, better than the average citizen, uh, with firearms. It's not necessarily true. And the same thing goes for, um, law enforcement. Um, there's, there's plenty of law enforcement that, from, and look, I'm not saying this. I'm saying other law enforcement has said that that there's a, a huge group of law enforcement officers that aren't really gun people, you know. And it, so it's something to just keep in mind that just because somebody says, hey, well, I'm, I'm coming out of the military. Well, maybe they were a cook. Maybe they were administrative staff. Maybe, they, you know, you have to understand, okay, what part of the military are they coming out from? And uh, what did they do while they were there as far as, uh, you know, were they an instructor? Um, were they, did they get out of the military? And, you know, anyway, so we'll, we'll, we'll go into that here. So again, uh, let's, let's sit there and, and take a minute and be so thankful that there's so many good trainers out there. Um, you know, I was just thinking and reflecting on it this morning, so... Okay, so let's take a look at this disease that happened a while ago in the firearms training industry was, oh, I go to this trainer. And the assumption was, or the implication, I should say, was that, well, I have, I have my bases covered now because I went to Frontside Academy or I, I went um, to this trainer or that trainer or whatever. And the problem with that is regardless, you're only going there for X amount of hours. Um, and even if you train there once a month, 12 times a year, you're only getting X amount of hours. And 
if you're going to the same trainer or the same two trainers or, or whatever, a rotating uh, cadre, you're getting a certain style of training and you're getting a slice of the pie. You're not getting the whole pie. So everything I say here is when you're sizing up a trainer, I'm not saying this is how you pick a trainer that you are loyal to and you only go to this trainer. Um, because when it comes to that, I think uh, variety is the spice of life. You get all sorts of different, uh, you get exposed to different instructor styles and um, perspectives on how to look at fighting, right? And defending your life. Um, and that's important. So uh, definitely the size, slice of pie method there is, you know, experience multiple trainers um, after you've sized them up and you think that, hey, um, you know, there's there's some social proof out there that this person knows what they're doing. Um, there's also, um, you know, the categories that I'm going to list below have been met and I think it's good money spent. So definitely um, you're probably thinking, OK, well, how much should I pay? You know, because you can you can run across courses that are well over a thousand dollars, and you can go see uh, uh, the gentleman that I was talking about, Maneuver Solutions LLC, down in um, Georgia, and he's running a basic uh, basic carbine and pistol course for two hundred and fifty bucks. You know, and and it's probably some of the best training you're going to get in that regard. Um, so I would say right off the bat. For an introductory um, carbine and pistol course, that's probably the ticket is right around uh, somewhere between 200, 250 to 300 bucks. You know, you're going to have folks that are really trying to start out and they're, they're offering, um, you know, because there are so many trainers out there, they're trying to stay a little bit more cost um, competitive. So you're going to run into these $99 courses and stuff. Just make sure um, that, you know, it's one of those things. If I offer you a $20 carbine course and somebody's offering a 200, the, the, the going rate um, $250 carbine course, you're going to turn around and say, um, what am I not getting for the money saved with Chris over here with this $20 course? You know, at least... People value, they put value on what they, they pay for, right? And just because you're blowing, you know, $500 on a course doesn't mean you're getting that much more value add than the, the guy I just named down in Georgia, right? So just something to keep in mind there. Um, this is, hey, this is one of the things I do for a living. I size up vendors um, in, uh, in the real estate industry and uh, surrounding construction projects and, and whatnot. And we're always looking to compare apples to apples, right? Okay, for every dollar spent, when we're sizing up all these vendors, um, I'm getting X, Y, and Z across the board, right? Um, so I look at sizing up, going and spending money with tactical trainers the same way. All right, so definitely first and foremost, competence. There's some incompetent trainers out there. Um, not to date this podcast, but right off the bat, um, there's a Detroit Urban Survival Training, um, Commander Brown, that's been going around on uh, social media. And he's <laughs> this guy. Oh, this guy. Um, look, he's <laughs> just look him up. He, he shows a lot of gu uh, gun disarms and 
um, like wonky combatives, and it just some you know what I've seen him do a couple things where I was like, oh uh, yeah, he's got the right uh, the right idea there, because um, I spent some time doing combatives, and I'm no by no means um, a guru when it comes to combatives, but I've been in a few scrapes, and I know how to fight, and and I've I've trained under some folks that know how to fight really well, way better than me. So I, I can at least sit there and say, um, that's garbage. Or, oh, okay, yeah, that's not my forte, but um, I can see that it's legitimate. And the reason, the, the reason you can see it's legitimate is because you can actually pressure test it with real force, right? You can, you know, so this, anyway, this guy's putting out this stuff and he's not, he's obviously not competent, right? And it's just redonkulous. So um, that's one of those things that, you know, first and foremost, you want a trainer that is going to be teaching stuff that will not get you killed. Um, so competent, safe firearm manipulation. Um, definitely, definitely that has a background in some sort of instructorship training. You know, there is this whole thing where just because you're really good with firearms or just because you're really good with combatives or just because you're really good um, with your ground game in performance doesn't mean that you're a good instructor. And this is something that, again, I look towards, uh, look for in, in folks like, I'm going to keep picking on this Maneuver Solutions um, LLC down in Georgia, is because this guy is focused on training the trainer right? Teaching people how to teach why you're doing this. You're not just doing this, but why are you doing this so that you have a better chance to um, be a force multiplier, right? So that's, that's the thing there is, can this person impart knowledge um, in a, in a professional way? Because if you can't, it doesn't matter. They could be the best um, competition shooter. They could have been the baddest um you know military operator but the fact is if they can't teach they can't teach um, so that's the other thing is they should have some sort of you should have some sort of discussion with them if they don't have a, a presence in um, the social world where you can you can sit there and actually listen to them talk can they put together a coherent thought um, in an organized way and uh, that's something I'm really hard on myself for because here I'm running this podcast and, you know, I, I won't even think twice about it. If something sounds clunky to me, I'll go ahead and scratch that podcast um, just because I'm big on, again, in the industry I work in day in and day out, you have to be able to convey thought in a very logical way and know that the, the listener is picking up on that and drawing the same conclusion that you want them to draw, right? So anyway, um, instructorship. Um, they need to be competent with whatever it is. Um, and I know it sounds silly. Like, why would I go to a trainer that's not competent in what they're teaching? Look, there's a lot of fly-by-night folks out there that are trying to teach things um, that they're not competent in. That's just what it is, and you got to be aware of that and make an informed decision. But hey, that's why we're running through this exercise right now, right? So, okay, um, the next thing is 
you know, so we hit firearm manipulation, but you could apply that to anything. They're teaching competence in the actual act of what they're doing and instructorship. The next thing is relevance. So not only are there a lot of fly-by-night folks out there, um, there's a lot of folks teaching stuff that is no longer relevant. And it's no longer relevant because we found out through the last 30 years that whatever they're teaching didn't work. It was only theory. Okay. Now I can, I can tell you one of the, one of the things I picked on um, a while ago was fighting to your pistol. There was a lot of stuff that we were, we, and I say we like I'm some grand instructor. That's not true. Um, there's a lot of stuff we were learning, students and instructors were teaching over the last umpteen years um, that were just not relevant. And one of those things, and I pick on fighting to the pistol, is a speed rock, okay? And I watch still to this day, and I'm not going to name names because I'm really trying to stay away from bashing folks, but there are some folks that can shoot a pistol very fast, okay? But they're, they're doing this thing up close called a speed rock where they rock back into the side, just barely getting the pistol out of their holster and blasting rounds. Now, some of those folks are really accurate like that. They really are. Okay. But there's a couple things we found out. One, pistols, pistol rounds are not good man stoppers. And you can see on all sorts of footage um, that pistol rounds sometimes it takes you know 10 rounds to put somebody down depending on what kind of drugs they're on what their intent um, and motivation for attacking that person is so just you know keep that in mind in the speed rock what it does is it puts somebody off balance leaning backwards or to the side and if that pistol round is not a one-shot stop uh-oh they could be full of lead they could be ventilated but they're still eating punches to the head. And so we found out that, hey, um, you know, that speed rock is, is not really relevant, okay? And it, I, it's something that is a pet peeve of mine because you can't really pressure test it um, very well. And we found out through all sorts of footage of um, police stops um, on, on the side of roads and stuff like that, that the speed rock is actually kind of dangerous. If you want to learn more about that and you want to fact check me, which I recommend you always fact check me, um, you can listen to Craig Douglas, um, the head of uh, ShivWorks, um, also goes by the handle SouthNark. He talks a little bit about that um, in, in great detail and much more articulate on the subject than I am. Okay, so again, that's my example on relevance. Is this thing still relevant? Um, Another thing my, my uh, buddy over at uh, Tom Rights and Rolls um, was talking to me about was when we were kind of <laughs> dishing on this Commander Brown guy from Detroit Urban Survival Training is that um, some of the wonky stuff in martial arts that was, that was put out there and never really pressure tested. And one of them was some wonky little hair grab, right? Um, and... So it just, it's fun sometimes to sit there and say, okay, and look, it, we're never, we're never born with all the answers. Okay. I'm going to interrupt myself here for a second. There is a learning process here that we sit there and go, oh, thank God we weren't, you know, just saying 
because of, oh, well, this is what we've always done. We're going to, we're going to always do it, even though we found out it was wrong. Right. That's so at least there's growth there. Okay. And, and I'm not trying to approach this from a negative standpoint, but again, they've, they've got to be relevant. Um, you know, and the other thing is, okay, let's say it's, it's relevant in that it's, it's functional, right? You can actually use it. It's functional, but is it stuff you're actually going to use? So let's say I have a choice between running, um, a carbine course, uh, for fighting in and around, uh, uh, vehicles and buildings, um, as a one to two man, you know, crew. And you can do that, um, with a lot of trainers out there, or I run out and I find a trainer that's got enough people in the class to run squad level and platoon level platoons, pretty good size, <laughs> but okay, let's just say uh, squad level, um, you know, immediate uh, action drills and all sorts of stuff. What's going to be more relevant for me as the citizen? Well, you know, I'd be lucky. I'm, I'm thinking with the people I know, you know, and the task it would take in a grid down situation to provide security, I don't see us ever being more than uh, fire team strength in any one area. Um, and there's whole, that's a whole different podcast, um, grid down security. Um, but you can't have all your people in one spot all the time. And most people don't even have enough, uh, folks for, um, their little clan to protect themselves in a grid down situation or crap hits a fan or whatever to be squad strength at any one given time. So my point is, I, I know you see where I'm going here, <laughs> is why don't I take the course that's actually functionally relevant to the scenarios I see myself being in? I could run all the courses um, in, you know, military um, size or style uh, courses and, and learning to, to run and gun at a squad length, uh, squad strength level. And again, they're out there, but shouldn't I go take a course uh, first because I carry a pistol every day where I train to fight to my pistol and I fight some, uh, I learned to fight on the ground getting to my pistol you got to go with what you use the most. And that's where I see a lot of folks um, running competition style, um, going to competition style shooting courses and all that kind of stuff. And that's awesome for learning to run and gun. But if that's all you ever do, how relevant is that to the security you're probably going to need? Um, so again, there's nothing wrong with taking um, a broad spectrum of skill set courses, but I would focus on going after what's most applicable and relevant to you at the time, um, and then moving outward, if that makes sense. The next thing is pedigree. So this is something that's kind of, I don't take a hard stance on this, but I do know where I came from and why I am the way I am is because there were men that paid uh, a huge price in the sacrifice of their time, blood, sweat, and tears um, in a career in the military and bringing it back um, to the citizens here and helping them train. 
The same can be said for those in law enforcement as well. Although I've trained less with law enforcement than I have with former action guys. Um, but there are some really, really great uh, law enforcement folks out there. Um, one is, uh, I believe his name is uh, Greg Elifritz um, in, I think he's in Ohio, actually. Um, but I boost his posts on, um, on Facebook from time to time because he's on Facebook and he just has outstanding perspective on personal security and from what I understand is an excellent um, firearms instructor. I know he's been highly recommended by folks um, that were in special operations and stuff. So uh, point is, pedigree isn't everything. You can't turn around and sit there and say, oh, well, um, you know, just because a guy was a ranger, he's a better firearms instructor than uh, Greg is, right? With, um, I think it's active active response training as his company. But, um, you know, it's just, you can't always say that. It's not, that's not something that you can turn around and pinpoint because of, oh, well, they were in this, so now I know they are X, Y, and Z, right? Um, but it is a good indicator, right? So again, I learned to, I learned to instruct from a master instructor. So there's a high degree of probability because that's what that person did for a living that I learned something, right? Versus somebody that came out with three years of experience in the military and was not really in charge of training much, right? Versus somebody that was training, you know, hundreds and hundreds of uh, people at a time and, you know, constantly running through, uh, uh, running through uh, folks through training, right? So pedigree is important to, to a degree. Um, and, and I would say a high degree, right? But, you know, for someone like me, that's never been in the military, I can still turn around and train somebody in firearms manipulation. I can train them um, in, in certain areas, uh, in TC3, in survival, in land navigation, in patrolling, because I traced my pedigree to, and did not water it down. I tried desperately not to water it down um, to some folks that actually did it for a living. So I would just say this, um, again, when you're picking an instructor, a tactical trainer, um, if they weren't in the military, if they weren't, um, doing something in law enforcement that required them to constantly be training with firearms and tactics, like uh, somebody on SWAT, you want to know and ask the right questions. Okay, how did you get your training? You know, there's there's a lot of firearms instructors out there that run um, NRA safety uh, courses and stuff like that. That's a different that's a different wheelhouse than somebody that was training um, urban combat for twenty years. That's all. So again, I'm not disparaging anybody that's um, non-military um, because I'm non-military. I'm non-law enforcement, right? And I know I can I can teach a course or two. Um, but I also um, would put other trainers ahead of myself um, because it's the right thing to do. One and um, and I'm constantly seeking out more training. So just, 
again, go back and make sure if this person is not former military and former law enforcement, where did they get their training? If they're self-taught on the internet, that is bad. I can tell you that there is one, <laughs> there's one individual out there that is got a fairly well-known um, company that is going around disparaging. He makes good products. Um, going around disparaging um, actual former action guys, uh, combat veterans, um, like he has any standing. And the little bit of training that he got from former military, he's disparaging those guys too. And is, is just really, you know, when I watch him uh, with firearms and stuff, he can shoot. He can shoot fairly well. Um, but that doesn't, just because you can shoot for, uh, fairly well doesn't mean that you actually know anything about tactics, that you know anything about strategy um, when the rounds are flying. And, and sometimes it's important to acknowledge the fact, not sometimes, always, it's important to acknowledge that you need to get that perspective from folks that have actually been there, right? And that's, and yes, I think that can be transferred down through, but you got to be careful that it, it doesn't get watered down. Uh, that same intensity, that same perspective has to be carried. Um, and it's a very, it's a, it's, it's, there's a high degree of responsibility there. Um, so again, just, just be careful uh, when it comes to pedigree. But again, um, going back to Maneuver Solutions, um, um, Blake Flannery is his name, actually. Um, he's got a heck of a pedigree there. Um, but he doesn't hang what he's saying off his pedigree. He lets the doctrine stand on its own. And that's the key, right? So doctrine is doctrine. And if it's been pressure tested, we've learned through years of use um, that this either works in, um, you know, on the street or on the battlefield, you know, then the doctrine will stand on its own. And then it comes down to the practitioner that's actually trained and trained and trained and practice and practice and practice um, to know it inside and out um, and also been put through the stress inoculation training which you should and can do um, that will prepare you for real life use and actually functionalize what you're learning now i know i'm talking about a lot of concepts so if these things are going way over your head or you know these things um, so well that you're rolling your eyes at me just understand, I'm, I'm talking to a broad, potentially a broad audience here that could be on any end of the spectrum. And again, pedigree gets hit so much. And we'll train with this person because they're this. Well, it's a much deeper um, investigation, right? When you're, when you're sizing up a tactical trainer, um, not just what they were, but again, all the other things we're talking about here. Okay, so not to belabor the point too much, I'm already at 35 minutes. Man, can I talk about this stuff. I'm trying to get a little bit more concise in this podcast. Um, I want to make sure I say less while at the same time saying more. And in the new year, I think I'm going to work on that and try to get better. Okay, the next thing is mentality. So there's a lot, again, This we can go back to all these high-speed, uh, low-drag drills and stuff like that. Guys jumping out of vehicles uh, with carbines and all that kind of stuff. And that's good, right? That's awesome. And people get 
jacked up and they're like, I want to do that, <laughs> right? Um, but they don't understand the the fact that you have to master the basics. And all those folks jumping out of cars, shooting through glass windows and all that kind of stuff, they should have mastered the basics many times over and are always training to those standards. Um, and I'm, I'm very weary of a tactical trainer that is not, again, to go back to maneuver solutions, emphasizing the basics with firearm manipulation and safety and running that firearm, how to run that firearm uh, through the perspective of the basics. Because again, you get these special operations guys, the, the guys will tell you straight up, look, man, I'm a master of the basics. I know them better than anybody else. And that's the thing we want to know as citizens defending our family. We want to know the basics better than anybody out there. And I love that there's so many folks um, that are coming, you know, coming out of these um, professions that are preaching this, saying, guys, you got to know the basics. You want to you want to go do those cool guy drills and all that kind of stuff. You want to go shoot from helicopters. You can't do that until you master these basics. You know, and I'm, I'm speaking in hyperbole there with uh, shooting from helicopters, although that would be cool. Um, I have not done that. So there's that. The other mentality is, um, you know, the really good instructors out there because they'll say, hey, look, this is a way of doing this, not the way. And I'll pick on uh, John Lovell um, from Warrior Poet Society. He's got a trainer that sh um, shoots in a, a passive recoil management um, fashion with his pistol and John is more active uh, recoil management. You can go look that up um, on YouTube and what I just said and that video will pop up and it's a great video and there's humility there but there's also confidence in what those two instructors although they do it differently what they both know and they know both systems. They know both systems and they choose one over the other. So there's got to be that humility there with that tactical trainer that says, hey, look, this is not the way, unless it really is one of those hardline, this is the only way to do this. Um, and and they, show you, they show you the cards on the table with not overwhelming the student, um, but show them, hey, this is why we're doing it this way, and um, here are the options should you ever choose to go this way. That's, that's something that I really like when I... Um, I mess with a tactical trainer, um, a former action guy, etc. cetera, um, is, is that mentality. Really cool. Okay, um, so definitely covered, uh, covered some, some topics here. Competence, uh, the relevance of the material, um, their pedigree. I spent some time on the pedigree there, but just to underline the fact that, you know, again, I just, just because somebody kicks out a, a shingle out there, doesn't necessarily mean that they're better than than somebody else. Um, it's it's the mentality. And notice I there's a reason why I, f I went right from pedigree into mentality. There's a training mentality there. After you get all the qualifications, the relevant material, all that kind of stuff, the cherry on top is the trainer's mentality. What they're after, what they're trying to do, um, their approach to their students, all that kind of stuff. And that's why you see some do very well. That's why um, Warrior Poet Society has done very well. 
Um, there's, there's no doubt about it. You can, you can go even take their online courses, Warrior Poet Society's online courses. And the, there's some confidence. There's a lot of confidence there that, hey, this, I know what I'm doing. Okay. Um, but there's humility and the ability to relate to the student. So anyway, hopefully these have been some, some good items or some good check marks to kind of run through in your brain if you don't know how to size up a tactical trainer and you see the, the need to go get some more firearms training um, and, and learn some drills to be practicing at home. So again, if you, if you do what I do, similar to this, when you're sizing up uh, someone to go train with, um, you know, and you've got some, something to expound on here, man, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your perspective. Let's talk about this. Um, I'm always open to uh, criticism um, as long as it's constructive. You know, like uh, I learned a long time ago, <laughs> again, from my original training mentor was, uh, um, you know, constructive criticism is not saying, you know, this is wrong and you're an idiot, but it's this is wrong and you're an idiot because X, Y, and Z. And here's how you can not be an idiot and not be doing things wrong. <laughs> you know, and I say that tongue in cheek, um, but it was said in a little bit more coarse vernacular than that. And, you know, always stuck with me because folks are very passionate about what they're, if they're sincere, right? They're very passionate about correcting something. And um, you want to, if it's done for the right reasons, you want to pick up on that passion because it's, it's could could really help you someday. So I, I try to have that mentality. And, and so, yeah, on that, on that train of thought there, if you got something to add, something you'd like to see in this podcast, somewhere you'd like to see this go, please reach out to me. Um, again, in the new year, um, we're going to go ahead and bring on at least four guests that I know of. Uh, if everything works out, I figure out my software, you know, and, and go that route. So there's that. Going into Christmas time, I am um, so darn thankful for my family. Um, I am so thankful for them. I am uh, thankful for all of you. Uh, this this podcast, uh, this brand has blown up in a very short amount of time. I consider blown up. You know, some folks might have millions of followers. I don't. I've got like, and please don't laugh. I, I'm approaching 2,500 followers on Instagram, but it's organic growth. Um, the same on Facebook there, and that's organic growth. Um, and then I'm getting lots of downloads here on Family Man Tactical. And we haven't even stretched into the pond of all the different people that I'm networking with uh, right now to actually bring this brand into fruition, what it's about, because it's not about Chris. It never has been and it never will be. The only reason I'm doing so much podcasting right now is because I'm still getting things linked up. So... Case in point, I'm really thankful for as little old me as, as far as this thing is done. And, and the reason why is because we're talking about relevant things. It's it's thought-provoking, and it's, it's not about sitting there impressing people. It's about being that family man, being that family protector, holding yourself accountable to God, your family, and your friends, your, your, your folks that will sit down and tell you, hey, man, um, you got to change this, right? And I'm, I'm so thankful for those people in my life too. So anyway, 
uh, feeling a huge attitude of gratitude today. Um, and I hope the same for you because we live in America and as crappy as things have been, um, there's some really upside things that are happening right now. And one of those is how many tactical trainers out there that actually have credibility and are teaching relevant stuff. How many of those folks are out there and available? You can get on-demand training. You can get in-person training. Man, life is good. We have running water. Our toilets work. My belly is full. Life is good. So, hey, as we go into Christmas, I don't know what next week's uh, podcast is going to be. So that's why I don't feel so bad about running into 45 minutes here on this podcast. It's a little bit longer. Um, I'm going to try and carve out some time, um, but I'm going to be spending time with my family. I'm going to be getting ready for Christmas. Um, you know I'm a Christian. I, uh, I'm not shy about that, and I'm, uh, I'm very thankful to celebrate um, this time of year. And the Lord, uh, as we remember the Lord's birth, uh, when, he, when he put on flesh and, uh, and paid the sacrifice for, uh, for all the things that we've done wrong, right? so that we can be right with God, uh, because he is God, but uh, that we can be right with the Father and have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah, and that's that's my thing, man. That's what I'm going to focus on today and uh, get the rest of this work done. It's Friday, man. Have some fun. Uh, do something fun. Put on some tunes. Uh, celebrate how life is, is good and uh, hug and kiss your family. Hey, I wish you an awesome weekend. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon.